The epistle for this feast of the holy name of Jesus is taken from St. Luke's Acts of the Apostles. In those days, Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, You princes of the people and ancients here, if we this day are examined concerning the good deed done to the infirm man, by what means he has been made whole, be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead, even by him, this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the second chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. At that time, after eight days were accomplished that the child should be circumcised, his name was called Jesus, which was called by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful St. John Vianney, the holy priest of ours, once said, God gave men only ten commandments, and one of the ten has for its sole object the reverence due to his name. Today, especially on this holy feast of the holy name of Jesus, we focus on that second commandment. You know that of the ten commandments, uh, three of them concern God, and seven of them concern our neighbor. Out of the three that concern God, the first one says that we have to worship God. The second one says that we have to respect his holy name. And the third one says that we have to respect the day dedicated to God, the Sabbath. And what happens is if if these three commandments are not observed in a society, um, then we don't end up observing the other seven either. Somehow, the love that we have and the respect that we have for our neighbor depends upon the love and respect that we have for God himself. And I think the biggest problem of, of our day is precisely a lack of respect for God. If people don't deny God, then um, they often place God on our level, on the human level. Um, he's made to be like a mere human being, just having more power than we do, um, like he has human emotions. He's made like the, the gods of the Greeks and the Romans of old, who, as they say, are, are like human beings. They just, just have a bit more power and they're immortal. They don't have to die. Um, God is sort of made in our image today so that he can serve our needs. Um, the fact is that we are made to know, love, and serve God. That's, that's our purpose. Um, but, but we kind of recreate God so that he can be at our service, especially so that he can give a certain um, approval from above of whatever we want to do. And what happens when this takes place, when we sort of instrumentalize God for our own purposes, is that we all become little gods um, and there's there's no respect for God or man. Because unless a society believes that there is a tr- transcendent God, a s- purely spiritual God, who is above us all and, and calls the shots, he sets the rules, he, he will judge us, 
on our behavior, he will give to each one of us what we deserve um, for having done good or bad. Unless we all believe that in society, then society naturally tends to become lawless. What should be a harmonious community of human beings becomes a dog-eat-dog world. Um, It's like taking a school full of children and the school is running and everything, and, and the children are sitting in the classrooms, and then, and then you just suddenly remove all the teachers, you remove all the supervision. Now, if the, the teachers are there to make sure that everyone respects the rules and, and everything runs smoothly, and then, and then when the teachers are gone, if there are no teachers there, then there's no one there to make sure that respect is maintained. But Perhaps more importantly for our subject, you know, the teachers are a level of authority placed above the students. There's two different levels. And when that you just remove that level of authority, then the only ones who are left are the students, and they're all on the same level. And there's no reason for them to exercise any authority over, over any other student. There, there's no body there to sort of command authority and enforce a certain respect or a certain order. There's no basis um, for commanding respect for one another. And the exact same thing is true of a society without God. If, if humans do not have that extra level of authority, that level of authority that's above all human beings, if there is no transcendent God to answer to, then there's no reason for them to respect one another. There's no reason for children to respect their parents as being placed over them by God, who, you know, is not there. There's no reason to respect unborn life as coming from God or elderly life as belonging to God. There's no reason to respect the vows of marriage as being an institution of God. There's no reason to respect another person's property as being a natural right given by God. There is no reason to respect the truth as being spoken in the presence of God. All these motives we would have for observing commandments 4 through 10 would fall by the wayside if we did not believe there were a God above us all who was watching us and would give us what we deserve. The lack of respect for God is the ultimate reason today why, why many children have no regard for their parents, why you have so many people celebrating the murder of unborn babies, like in Argentina recently, or the murder of, of the elderly, um, the rampant practice of divorce, which is just a, a form of adultery, and the greater and greater presence of, of fraud and scams um, people who just don't respect the properties of one, one another and, and want to cheat one another. And then, of course, the total disregard for the truth that we see today in all the sources of, of information in so many of our public leaders. So the respect that we have for God and the respect that we have for his name is the best remedy for this lack of respect that we have for one another today in in our modern world. We know, as they say, that that God made a special commandment that solely concerns the respect due to his name. Um, When Moses came down 
from Mount Sinai, and he had those tablets, those two tablets, and on one of them were the first three commandments, and on the other were commandments four through ten. Um, the second commandment read as follows, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not leave unpunished him who takes his name in vain. God demands respect of his creatures. He is owed proper respect by us who are created by him and given everything that we have. So today we have this feast of the holy name of Jesus, and at the at the 9 o'clock Mass, in the midst of the 9 o'clock Mass, um, we will have the induction into the Holy Name Society of uh, the new members. Three new members will join the Holy Name Society in the midst of the 9 a.m. Sung Mass. So in the Holy Name Society, the, the men pledge themselves precisely to respect and to re- promote the respect of God in society uh, with special focus on respect due to God's holy name and the respect due to the Sabbath, to the observance of the Sabbath. With regards to the name of our Lord, they promise never to pronounce the name of Jesus disrespectfully. They promise to avoid blasphemy, perjury, profane, and indecent language. And they promise to uh, remonstrate with those around them who they might, they might hear blaspheming and using profane language, uh, but in a way that's conformed to zeal, prudence, and common sense. They, they, they try to do this in a way um, that is calculated to cause a good effect and not just make people angry. But they also make pledges with regards to the observance of the third commandment, this respect for the Sabbath day. Uh, first of all, never to work or carry on business unnecessarily on Sunday to do that uh, unnecessary shopping or anything like that. Secondly, to do all they can to induce their dependents, the, the souls entrusted to them by God, to have that respect for Sunday, to sanctify the Sunday. Now, you may know that the, those are the two main things, those, those two commandments, the second and third commandments, were the particular focus of Our Lady of La Salette when she appeared in La Salette, France, back in 1846. She appeared to uh, Melanie and Maximin, and she was complaining about how in, in that particular reason, region in the south of France, uh, there was so much blasphemy, and there was very little observance of the Sunday obligation. Uh, people were working on Sundays, and there was all this blasphemy. She said she couldn't hold the hand of her son back much longer, and she warned that there would be um, a terrible failure of the crop that year if, if there was no sort of um, amendment made by the people. And that indeed did come to pass, but the people really took to heart that message of Our Lady of La Salette. And when there was this English bishop, this famous English bishop, Bishop Olathorne, who's written a couple of, of great spiritual works, when, when he visited La Salette eight years later, he witnessed that there was a, a religious revival going on there in the south of France, especially in regard to those two things Our Lady was complaining about, keeping the Sunday holy and then eliminating blasphemy. And he attributed this revival to um, the apparition of Our Lady of La Salette. But what we can say, what would Our Lady say today about her inability to hold back 
the hand of her son, um, we know that there's, there's little respect left for Sunday or for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, this past year, the, the third commandment has particularly come under attack when various uh, governors of, of certain states, and thankfully not the state of Colorado, but, but other states, um, the, the governors have, some of them have specifically targeted churches for the elimination of, of the, uh, the possibility of people going to, to church on Sunday, um, given them sort of worse treatment than, than they've given like liquor stores or, or uh, marijuana shops and things like that. And meanwhile, the conciliar church has often willingly closed its doors in many places for months on end without um, making proper provision for their faithful. And then when later on, when things kind of open up and, and the churches open up a little bit, um, people have become habituated to not going to Mass on Sunday. Um, and they end up, a lot of them have, have just not come back. They still haven't come back to church. They're, they're staying home on Sundays. And this is, is a terrible result of, of the coronavirus. Um, thanks be to God, here we've been able to, to remain open the whole year, um, and, and we receive many new people who are just looking for a place to, to go to church because so many other places were closed down when they didn't have to be. You know as well that business often takes place as usual on Sundays uh, because of the Internet where, where business does not stop. Business is 24-7 on the Internet. You can purchase it in, in any time on the Internet. There, is, there are no Sundays on the Internet. And just this year, Amazon is starting to, to deliver on Sundays. So, so even you can receive packages on Sundays now in the United States. Meanwhile, with regards to the second commandment, certainly the name and the person of our Lord Jesus Christ seems to be a special target for the mockery of some by modern television, whether it be um, The Simpsons or, or the, that terrible show Family Guy or other shows like that who target our Lord for mockery. And it's, it's not rare to find movies today that take the name of our Lord in vain, choose that name above all other names um, to abuse. They, they go out of their way to blaspheme our Lord. And, and this is why um, I'm, very, I'm so happy that we have this thriving Holy Name Society here at St. Isidore's and why I'm so glad that there are men who are willing to step forward to pledge themselves to promote that respect for God and for His Holy Name and for His day um, in, in, in our circles and also in society at large. Um, and we certainly like to encourage these men to, to live up to the obligations they pledge themselves to um, and to be an example to our community and to society of that respect that's so important, the, the respect that's due to Almighty God. Meanwhile, all of us, even if we're not members of the Holy Name Society, all of us must want to honor and reverence our Lord's name. Um, we should do that by, by bowing our heads, just nodding our heads when we hear the name of our Lord Jesus Christ being pronounced. Um, this was a practice that was instituted by Pope Gregory X at the Council of the Second Council of Lyon in the 13th century, um, in order to counteract the bad influence of the Albigensian heresy. Uh, the Albigensians were denying the divinity of our Lord, and because they were denying the divinity of our Lord, if He's not divine, if He's just 
you know, a human being like the rest of us, then there's no need to have a special respect for him. And so in France, they were noticing there was this decrease of respect for our Lord and for the, the reverence due to his holy name. And so he issued this decree and he said in it the following, We have judged it proper to persuade the faithful to demonstrate more reverence for that name above all names, the only name in which we can claim salvation, the name of Jesus Christ. Consequently, in view of the apostolic precept, in the name of Jesus, let every knee be bent. We wish that at the pronouncing of that name, chiefly at the holy sacrifice of the Mass, everyone would bow his head in token that interiorly he bends the knee of his heart. So it was because of this decree of Gregory X that especially in the Dominican order, which, which had been started recently, uh, that there was this promotion for respect to the holy name. And it was Blessed John of Vercelli, one of the superior generals of the Dominican order, who set the ball rolling for the foundation of that holy name society that we continue here at St. Isidore's over 700 years later. Of course, we must also not, uh, want to uh, not only honor the name of our Lord, but also honor Sundays, um, really to, to make an effort to give the proper time to God on Sundays, to come faithfully to Sunday Mass, um, to arrive on time for Mass, and to assist reverently at Mass when we are here. So, so fulfilling the third commandment as well as the second commandment. Because it's through this reverence shown to God, as I say, by the practice of those first three commandments, that first of all, we fulfill the duties that we owe to our Creator. We love God um, in a way that's proper based on the great love that He's shown to us. But secondly, this is also the best contribution that we can make to the society around us. By the respect that we show to God through the observance of those first three commandments, we end up promoting a true respect for our neighbor. We maintain in its proper place that position of the transcendent God who helps us interact with one another and have a proper relationship with one another. So my dear faithful, this name of our Lord Jesus Christ announced by the angel Gabriel means Savior. It is the one name by which we are saved and the world around us is saved. But it will save us only if we use it in a way that is proper and we give it respect. Praise be the name of Jesus Christ which wrought the salvation of mankind. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.